Shake the Room, Fire Nation. John Lee Dumas here, and welcome to episode 1447 of EO Fire, where I chat with today's most successful entrepreneur seven days a week. And we have a free eight-day goals course for you just waiting at freegoalscourse.co. Get goal-focused, Fire Nation. And now let's chat with today's featured guest, Deb Gabor. Deb, are you prepared to ignite? Yes. Yes. And Deb is a brand dominatrix, an investor pitch whisperer with legendarily bad travel karma. In her capacity as Soul's strategic and spiritual leader, Deb has led brand research and strategy engagements for organizations ranging from international household names to venture-funded startups. Deb, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro and give us a little glimpse of your personal life. My personal life? Well, you know, being an entrepreneur, my personal life and my business life, they, they tend to intersect. I guess <laughs> yeah. the part the part that's left out of that short bio is the fact that I am born to brand, that I'm absolutely compelled in my life to brand. So I can't not do it. Uh, it's something that I talk about, I think about, I obsess about, I live, breathe, eat, sleep, everything about branding. <laughs> so a lot of my personal life uh, is, is really my, my business life. And then I guess the other couple, another couple of interesting things about me. Um, I live in Austin, Texas, and I've been here for almost 20 years. And so I've seen a couple of comings of the yeah. of the startup industry, which has been sort of fun. Um, I like to travel. That legendarily bad travel karma um, is really about, you know, somebody who travels 75 to 100,000 miles a year on an airplane. And so bad stuff is bound to happen. Um, I've got a dog named Comet and a rescue cat named Beyonce and an 18-year-old daughter that I just sent off to college. So so I'm looking to reinvent my life. Is she going to UT? She is not going to UT um, <laughs> in a disappointing fashion to a lot of the people here in Austin, Texas. She's actually going to the University of Oklahoma, the big rival just on the other side of the Red River. No kidding. Well, you also forgot to mention that I just made your dreams come true by introducing you like Oprah Winfrey would. I have always, always, always wanted to hear my voice or hear my name in exactly that voice with with that inflection. And, you know, (laughs) thanks for helping me live the dream. I really appreciate it. Well, only until Oprah just continues to, you know, do that for you as well. So, uh, you know, it's just like a little placeholder for you. I wanted to give that to you. But speaking of value, Deb, you have a couple value bombs for Fire Nation right now because you have this area of expertise, which I want you to expound upon a little bit. And then give us two value bombs in this niche that you think Fire Nation needs to know. All right, cool. Well, Fire Nation needs to know that all branding is about getting your customers laid. It's about sex. And that really has been my life's work for about the last 25 years is helping organizations figure out how their products and services and their brand can make their customers a hero in their own story. So value value bomb number one is the idea of getting your customers laid, that your brand exists in the hearts and minds of your customers. Your brand is not necessarily something that you create in a vacuum and you just put out to the world to let them accept. You actually have to include your customers in the creation of that brand because if you don't if you don't involve if you don't involve them in that process and you just create something and you put it out there to the world and leave it up to customers devices the brand's going to take on a life of its own so that's value bomb number 1 okay i'm blushing right now even though this is audio only my face is red but deb what's number 2 
And number two. So number two, this is a this is a big soapbox thing for me. When I'm working with clients hands-on, whether they're entrepreneurial ventures or they're more established companies and they're kind of independent thinkers within these established organizations, you know, one of the things that's really hard to carve out for a company is, uh, you know, what what is differentiating for that organization? It's really easy to go to things like features and benefits and, you know, I call them speeds and feeds or if you're talking about a technology company, which I work a, with a lot of these. I call them the itties. Things like reliability, availability, scalability, manageability, flexibility, anything that ends in ITY or the ERs, anything that ends in ER, smaller, faster, thinner, fatter, whatever those things are. Um, those are just options packages and today's options packages are tomorrow's standard equipment. So the rest of the soapbox moment on this or the value bomb as you call it is the idea that you know, think about the car industry. I'm old enough to have purchased a car that didn't have as standard equipment, power door locks, power windows, power steering. As soon as somebody got the bright idea to take those things that we used to pay extra for in options packages, which is what they were called, as soon as someone, one of those car manufacturers decided to make those standard equipment, everyone else started imitating them. And so companies that want to differentiate themselves exclusively on the things that they do faster, better, slower, sleeker, longer, straighter, lighter, heavier, all of those kinds of things, as soon as someone else can imitate the benefit that that provides to customers, it becomes standard equipment. So just to sum that up, today's options are tomorrow's standard equipment, and they don't create long-term differentiation. It really is a brand that has the customer that's part of it, where the customer is the one that is being the hero in the story. Those are the brands that that can create a sustainable role for the long-term. Does that make sense? It makes sense, Deb. And what also makes sense to me when I'm hearing you talk is that you live on the cutting edge. Like, you're right there. Like, you are always kind of keeping your finger on the pulse, seeing what's coming. But when you do that, that you also see things that maybe contradict themselves from just a few months ago because again th- times change things change etc so what's something that you used to believe just six months ago that you don't believe anymore like what's something that you've changed your mind about in the last six months Oh my gosh. So one of the things that I changed my mind about in the last six months that actually has been really life affirming and life changing for me is this notion that it would be really hard for me to take the sum total of my 25 plus years of experience working hands on with brands and turn that into content that other people would be interested in, especially in the form of a book. So um, you know, if you had asked me six months ago if it was possible for me to be able to to write a book and get it out there and get all that information out of my head in a digestible and and you know I think entertaining way, I would have told you no way. Um, but that's totally different. And what's changed my mind about that actually was the process that I used to write that book. Um, totally changed everything about my beliefs about that. Well, we've been hearing a lot about your beliefs today and things that you believe are going on right now. So I kind of want to take a step back from that and move into your journey as an entrepreneur, the ups and the downs, but really more the downs and even more so than that, the worst entrepreneurial moments that (laughs) you've experienced to date. But Deb, I really want you to tell us that story. So take us there. Okay. So you want, you want to start with the worst entrepreneurial moment? Yeah. Heck yeah. Okay, believe it or don't, the worst entrepreneurial moment occurred for me. It's just been kind of unraveling in almost real time over the past couple of weeks. What? This is never this has actually never happened on EO Fire before. A current worst moment, let's hear it. 
Well, you know, you always think that the moment that you're going through, like that bad moment is the worst moment right. until until it gets worse. And I am I'm kind of an eternal optimist. And even when things are really, really bad, I'm capable of kind of pulling back and looking at it and putting it into context and, and really identifying like this is a, you know, this is a big learning moment for, for me. Um, and, you know, encouraging my team to embrace it in the same way. But wow, we've been going through some things here at Soul Marketing over the past couple of weeks that have been really, really hard. And, um, you know, I, I've come to this, I'll call it a gut-wrenching realization that my business is not really ready for me to step away and go out and sow my wild oats on the book circuit and on the speaking circuit and go out there and, you know, fill the top of our sales funnel. Um, the business, it, it's not ready for that. I really thought that I could, that I could step away, that I have really awesome people to, you know, leave, leave this business in, in their, in their very, very capable hands. But, um, over the past couple of weeks, I found there are, you know, there are some, there are some programs and processes and projects that have fallen through the cracks and they are, there are big misses and there are small misses and let's hear the worst dab. I want you to take us to the moment of these past few weeks that you've just been like, this is the worst. Okay, so when a client canceled the second $60,000 of a $120,000 purchase order with us, and we had already billed expenses against that, and we, you know, were planning on that revenue, you know, I had already booked that revenue because it was a purchase order. Um, I had made hiring decisions. I had made decisions about, you know, future investments in technology um, and, you know, different types of resources for our business and, and just things that I was going to do. Um, God, that hurt. I mm. mean, it, it was like, it was like a gut punch to me. And I, you know, first of all, have really never been fired by a client in the entire history of soul marketing. I mean, there have been moments where, where we mutually parted ways with the client when we found that it just wasn't a really good fit or, you know, we weren't meeting each other's criteria, but like, wow, it really hurts to literally get fired off of an account for things that were clearly our fault. And so, um, yeah, $60,000 gut punch. What is the one thing that you want to make sure that Fire Nation takes away? I mean, you learned from that for obvious reasons, but like, what do you want to make sure that we get from that story? Big takeaway for me that I want to share with other people is just this experience of going through it. And I am going through it in real time. And, um, I I made a I made a couple of mistakes, you know, one of those being I was I was really emotional about it. It really it hurt me in the ego, which is like mm. one of the hardest places for an entrepreneur to get hurt. Like you can kick me in the knee all day long <laughs> and I'm going to get up again and again and again, but like, you know, when you kick me in the in the you know, egotistical entrepreneurial teeth. Um, I, you know, I come back swinging and fighting and, you know, I brought key, key team members in and basically, you know, did a, a big dump, a big emotional dump of like, I'm disappointed. I'm upset, you know, $60,000 hit this quarter, you know, freezing raises, you know, I have people crawling up my rear end looking for their reviews and raises. There's not going to be anything where I just sort of flew off the handle rather than, you know, taking a step back and breathing and thinking about it. Now, you know, the, the, now that I'm coming through this, this, this client has already fired us, right? They can't, 
inspire us again. So this is an opportunity for our team to pull together with my support and guidance and encouragement and um, inspiration. This is an opportunity for us to all pull together and deliver the best whatever it is we're creating to this client that we possibly can and use this as a test bed to develop some new processes and procedures and communications. And a lot of really good things came out of this, but you know, they can't fire us again. Right. So, so we have a project that we have to finish and we're not going to get paid for the second half of it. Um, but let's do the best darn that we possibly can. So that was, that was a big realization for me. Now on the flip side, that was an aha moment that you had of just like, wow, like let's just do the best we can on the second half of the project. But let's talk about one of your greatest aha moments that you've had throughout your journey. It could be, you know, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, two days ago, I mean, whatever it is, but take us to the moment that you had this idea that you just thought was great and then how you executed on that. Right on. Okay. So the one that comes top of mind for me was the idea to start my business that's called Investor Pitches. It's at InvestorPitches.com. And so how this happened, well, let me explain first what that is. Basically, um, my team works with early stage companies who are in the process of raising money to help them tell their story effectively through the investor pitch. And um, I saw that there was a need for this. Long about the 2012, 2013 timeframe, I had a lot of the successful entrepreneurs and um, executives and, and people who had retired or had successful technology startup exits or they were investors themselves or serial entrepreneurs. They were coming to me for uh, you know kind of the big brand strategy work that I do for a lot of the big companies like Dell and Microsoft and NBC Universal and all these big household names where I had worked with these people before. They were coming to me saying, hey, Deb, we need some of that voodoo that you do with regard to branding (laughs) at this very critical moment for a startup that either I'm involved in or a startup I'm investing in or one that I'm thinking of investing in or I've already invested in and we're trying to get follow-on funds. The investor pitch seems to be like this critical moment of truth where we need to tell a really, really awesome story about you know what is the problem we're solving? What's a vision for what the world looks like when we solve that problem and how do we uniquely do it and why are we the credible team basically it's branding just on a smaller scale and so it was happening over and over again i saw a trend and then in advance of south by southwest in 2013 i literally had a shower thought standing in the shower washing my hair i thought i think that there's an investor pitches business out there i think that i could turn this into a product there is a lather rinse repeat See the shower thought, a lather, <laughs> rinse, repeat aspect to producing investor pitches. And that is every investor pitch, regardless of how you tell the story, has to have a lot of the same elements in order to bond with investors in a way that gets them to act with their hearts and minds and wallets, most importantly. And so I went to work that morning. Actually, probably I was still wet from the shower with my hair in a towel. <laughs> I went online and I went to one of those domain registration sites and I registered investor pitches dot com. I'm not kidding you for $9.88. And I started a company around it that day when I went to the office. And that was my biggest aha. So that was about March of 2013. And here we are in almost September of 2016. I believe that my team and I have produced probably close to between 500 and 800 of these investor pitches over the last couple of years that have helped companies raise money in amounts from $250,000 all the way up to like $85 million in a Series B round. 
Wow. I mean, Fire Nation, you can hear the passion, you can hear the enthusiasm and what Deb is just putting forward, is putting out there in this world. And that's how you bounce back. You know, that's how you come up with ideas and then execute on them. Now, Deb, you have that going on. You have other things going on that, again, are are great, are not so great, but you're mixing it all together. What's the one thing that you are most fired up about today? The one thing that I'm the most fired up about today is something that I love doing, and that is being hands-on with people. So I told you I'm born to brand, I'm compelled, I, you know, I can't not do it. Part of that means that, you know, one of the things that gets me out of bed every day is being able to share with other people my excitement, enthusiasm, and most importantly, like methodologies and, and, and learnings and experiences so that they can be successful in their own businesses. And so one of the things that I do, I do a ton of speaking, I do a ton of hands-on workshops, and I am running a workshop on the brain science of storytelling with a group of entrepreneurs in Cincinnati, Ohio on Wednesday night. I'm really, really fired up about that because number one, I love the subject matter. Number two, this is an opportunity for people to experience storytelling in a highly actionable and experiential way because it's a hands-on storytelling workshop where people are going to be telling stories about their own companies and made-up companies, but they're going to get the experience of like, how does it change the brain to tell a really great story that bonds with the audience? And then the third reason why it's really exciting for me is Cincinnati, Ohio is my hometown. And I've been trying to build some business there because I have some personal ties. And, and I want to take what I've learned from helping be part, helping be part of a entrepreneurial ecosystem in Austin, Texas. I'd love to take those, those learnings to Cincinnati, which is not quite in the same place that Austin was when I got here. Um, but I'm just really happy to share that information with other people. So I guess I would say, you know, one of the main things that gets me fired up is sharing, you know, my love and passion for for branding and, and telling great stories with brands and about brands and bonding with people emotionally. Um, you know, that gets me really fired up to be doing that in a couple of days. Well, Fire Nation, we're going to be telling some stories you're not going to want to miss in the lightning round. So don't you go anywhere. I'm going to take a quick minute first to thank our sponsors. I'm sure you've heard me talk about or even been one to talk about the many benefits of working from home. One of my favorites, getting to wear comfortable clothes. But I can attest to the fact that finding the most comfortable clothes is not always easy. That's why I want to tell you about Tommy John, the revolutionary men's underwear brand that's literally redefining comfort for guys everywhere, myself included. What I love most about Tommy John underwear is that the legs never ride up and the waistband never rolls down. Wait a second, no, yeah, no, yep, true story. They also use ultra lightweight fabric for maximum breathability that extends to more than just their underwear. Tommy John also makes undershirts and socks too. Best part is all Tommy John underwear is backed by the best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guarantee. Tommy John, no adjustment needed. Visit TommyJohn.com slash fire to experience life-changing comfort and get 20% off your first order. That's TommyJohn.com slash fire for 20% off. TommyJohn.com slash fire. Behind every successful business is a team of talented and driven individuals, and these individuals can be hard to come by. If you're looking for quality candidates who can help you create and grow a successful business, then posting your job in one place isn't enough. In order to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites, and now you can. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, 
all with a single click. You can also find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and qualified candidates will start to roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 1 million businesses. Right now, you can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. And one more time, Fire Nation, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Deb, are you prepared for the lightning rounds? I am absolutely prepared for the lightning round. Do I seem like a person who does not prepare? <laughs> you are prepared for the lightning rounds. I have zero doubts. Deb, what was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? I think that I didn't know it was an option for me. I actually started this company in 2003, so I've been at this for a while. Um, yeah, so I didn't, I didn't know that it was an option until I decided to just like shut down and quit my job. What's the best advice you've ever received? that I've ever received. Okay. It's personal advice. And it came from my mother, like right before she died, she said, really true friendship is love. Most of what you think is love is just bunk. And you'll know it when you find it. What's a personal habit that contributes to your success? There are probably a lot of entrepreneurs who come on this show who say the same thing, but getting up early. I wake up very early in the morning and the things that I do in the morning, you know, exercise, eating, taking care of dog things. Um, but most important, I do a lot of the things that other people do at night. They put off till night. I do those things in the early morning hours so that they're done and they're out of the way. And then the rest of the day is my own. So what time would you say you're usually waking up in the morning? Uh, you know, I usually am waking up probably between 6.30 and 7, but I don't arrive at the office until about 9.15. And what time are you trying to fall asleep at night? Well, probably like most entrepreneurs, I'm trying to fall asleep at about 11 o'clock at night, but <laughs> it, usually, it usually ends up being like midnight or midnight 30. Really, midnight I, 30. I find myself needing far less sleep uh, the older I get. You know, pretty soon I'm going to end up being my dad who wakes up at like, oh, you know, 4.30 in the morning, you know. Just because you can function on less sleep, Deb, does not mean you need less sleep. I'm a huge sleep proponent. Can you share an internet resource like Evernote with Fire Nation? Yeah, absolutely. I have started using something called Trello and that's basically, um, it's like that online po post-it note board. Right. You know, you have like the wall full of post-it notes and you're moving them from here to there and whatever. Trello is a virtual way that you can do that and you can share it with other members of your team. I started using it a couple of weeks ago, actually, when we entered this, this current little business crisis mm. that we're going through. Um, I started using it to like populate a corporate overview for here's all the projects that are going on and who's responsible for them and what the status of them is at a very, very high level. And then we're using it to run our weekly staff meetings where basically everybody just goes in and updates the Trello board. I take the responsibility to review that. And we only talk about things where there are questions, but most importantly, you can add a, co a card or like a little post-it note to a thread that's all about needs discussion. So we're spending our time in our meetings focusing on the things that really require group discussion and then the updates and things like that can happen outside of the meeting. And I am finding we've done it, you know, two weeks in a row, three data points makes a trend, but two weeks in a row, it seems to be going really well. If you could recommend one book, what would it be and why? Well, you know, this is the shameless plug for Opportunistic. my book. Opportunistic. 
I know I wouldn't be an entrepreneur if I weren't doing it. But the book that I recommend is Branding is Sex. Get your customers laid and sell the hell out of anything. No, it's not about sex. And my apologies if anybody's offended by the provocative title. But really, this goes back to what I said at the very beginning of this interview is this notion that the best brands in the world are the ones that that get their customers laid, that give their customers the feeling that they're having a toe-curling, mind-blowing orgasm. And that's not just for consumer brands, not just for luxury brands. It happens with business-to-business brands. And so the reason that I recommend this particular book is that it is written for you, entrepreneurs. This is not a performance marketing book. This is not a book for, for hardcore marketers in marketing agencies. This is really taking the process of defining your core brand DNA and bringing it down to a very practical and actionable level with sort of a step-by-step methodology. I am giving the information away for free. My consulting practice and my entire brand strategy and frankly the investor pitches business is based on this core methodology and it was important for me to be able to document that in an inspiring and easy to use sort of way. The book's only 200 pages long. Uh, You can read it over the span of of one decent plane ride Um, and I hope that people will be able to pick it up. Deb, I want to end today on fire with a parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Right on. Well, the best way you can connect with me, you can do that through the Soul Marketing website. That's soulmarketing, S-O-L, marketing.com. Um, there are book excerpts there. There's a bunch of information about you know what we do and how we do it and, and who is doing it. There's a real fun um, three truths and a lie quiz about Ooh. members of my team. Also, most importantly, uh, there's a blog there that has a lot of content that is arranged around brand strategy and marketing and investor pitching and things like that. But you can always submit a request through there or deb deb at soulmarketing.com love it all and fire nation you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with you've been hanging out with dg and jld today so keep up (laughs) the heat and head over to eofire.com just type deb in the search bar her show notes page will pop up with everything that we've been talking about today links time-stamped show notes galore. It's all there for you. And of course, soulmarketing.com. You can check that right out. Or Deb gave out her email address. That's deb at soulmarketing.com, S-O-L marketing.com. Check that out. And Deb, I want to thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Right on. Thanks a lot for having me on today. Fire Nation, I hope you enjoyed our chat with Deb today. And you know that I drop value bombs daily on Snapchat and Instagram, right? It is the only direct mentoring that I do. And you can start your day with me, JLD. Just find me at John Lee Dumas and I will catch you there or I'll catch you on the flip side. Quality candidates who can help you create and grow a successful business are hard to come by. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 1 million businesses. Right now, you can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire.